shut up and sit down. Welcome to the Health and Wealth Podcast with your hosts, Tim and Carter. What's trending in Richards? Carter Wilcoxon, founder of CSI Financial Group here with my co-host and former wealth advisor, Tim James, founder of chemicalfreebody.com and your new health advisor. This is the show where we reveal the connection between physical and financial abundance. Hey, welcome back in Richards, Carter Wilcoxon coming to you from uh, from home today, actually, Monday after, um, uh, I guess, Father's Day was our last episode, so it's the week after Father's Day. Of course, now we've got uh, 4th of July coming up right around the corner, uh, and as is normal, I am joined here by my fantastic co-host, Mr. Chemical Free Body himself, Tim James. Tim, how are you doing, even though I know you're doing awesome? What's up, my man? Well, summer's officially here, man. It's hot now in Oregon. It's been the latest spring I've ever seen. Uh, tons of rain, and it just whoop, stopped. Now it's 95 degrees. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it kind of it's, sounds- it's hot. I we had to go by. I had to, this the gentleman I'm having help me, Jeremiah. Um, I said, dude, we got to get you a hat. So we went to the store and got him a big straw hat to to wear. And I said, you got to wear long sleeve shirts because you know, you got to get up early. So we work early in the morning and then do stuff inside during the middle of the day and then, you know, go back out in the evening and finish working while it's cooling off. It's the only way to do it when it gets hot like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, as our listeners know. So I know a little bit about some heat, right? So it's, uh, it's funny you say that it, it happens every single year where, you know, in the, during our season, it literally, it's like 115, right? It feels like it's never going to break. And then all of a sudden, Boom, it's 75. It's just, it's it's the weirdest thing. Of course, now in reverse, the same thing happens, right? Where it's like, man, it's 78 degrees every single day. Then all of a sudden, boom, it's 115 again. So, Dude, 75 we, and 78 is awesome. <laughs> yeah. we Hey, I'll take it. It's, uh, you know, six months out of the year. It's it's pretty nice. So I am, um, I'm, I'm dealing with that summertime for sure, but we're just sort of uh, what we've grown accustomed to. Uh, no, no doubt about it. But you know, I'm I'm pretty excited about our our guest today, and I want to go ahead and bring in Kevin Mayo. Um, Kevin Mayo, who is has an MBA, he's a CFP, he's got a, an incredible backstory. Um, he's with Falcon Wealth. He's out in California, I believe that is correct. Is that right, Kevin? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, I'm sitting in our office in uh, Ontario, California, and couldn't help but overhear you guys talk about. Uh, the weather, it's uh, definitely a warm one out here. We're what's known as the Inland Empire, so kind of off the coast from Orange County, L.A. County, about, you know, 40, 50 miles inland. And uh, it can be 115 there in the desert. And then uh, I experienced a monsoon because I was, uh, I was uh, just below Pine, Arizona, ah. uh, just, uh, just a couple of days ago. And and went for what was going to be a nice little hike. And then next thing I know, it was a monsoon. It was hail. And I was wearing a T-shirt and some sneakers and was soaking wet and freezing, getting pelted with hail within uh, just a few brief moments. So, um, you know, talk about that's crazy. some weather changing in, in a brief period of time. I experienced it firsthand, some of Arizona weather. Yeah, our, our weather can definitely be uh, – well, this time of year, it's, it is our monsoon season. Uh, it's, it's typically six 
to eight weeks long. Um, usually almost every afternoon you get some bunch of clouds blowing in and, and sometimes it's super active and sometimes it, you know, it, it whimpers out and doesn't do anything, but you got the, uh, the benefit of it actually monsooning on you. Yeah. And I, I was surprised how quickly the, the temperature dropped. That was the, that was a piece. It was, that was a bit surprising because it was like, Hey, it's, there's no way it's, it's, it's gotta be in the low, it's gotta be in the sixties. I mean, I was, I, we were, we were chilled with the boat pretty quick. So, um, but at least the hail was only pebble size and not any bigger. Oh, that, that's, that's good. Um, well, you know, it's interesting. So you're talking about Ontario, California, obviously, um, I know right where that's at. Me and my wife, uh, were married in a little city called Laverne, um, which if you are in the Ontario, you know, Upland area, right? I mean, that's, you probably know right where that's at, San Dimas area, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I, I know your area very well, flown into the Ontario airport many times. Love that airport. Very, very short wait time. I can park really close to the terminal. I used to travel quite a bit in my past and, uh, you know, that airport was uh, very easy to, to use, although you normally had to get a connector flight somewhere. But uh, just the fact you didn't have to drive into L.A. and deal with L.A. traffic and L.A. parking and L.A. Uh, security checkpoints and everything yeah. else, uh, I can tell you stories about how I would fly to Ontario only go only to fly into Phoenix on a short layover to fly to Hawaii just because it made more sense than to driving all the way into LA, dealing with traffic, and then on the way home, kind of rolling the dice about what traffic would be like to drive from LA to where I live. And you're like, you just do the math, and you go, you know what? I'm better off taking this uh, this connector up to San Francisco than on to Hawaii, <laughs> or, which was one of the territories I had to cover, or go back to Phoenix and then on to Hawaii. You just you just do the math and go, no, I think I'm still better off doing it this way. So yeah. Well, that, that right there is a, a great segue into why you're probably a phenomenal planner, and we're going to get into that in the second segment. But, uh, Enrichers, get ready. We're getting ready to, to um, peel back the layers of the onion of Kevin Mayo and find out about all the reasons on, you know, on his why and his backstory. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump right on into it, Kevin. You know, the, the Enrichers like to hear the stories of the advisors that come on this show and you know, what was it that originally for you, if you can remember back that, you know, was there an influencer uh, along the way? What was it that drove you to get into the financial services business in the first place? Well, um, my family all came from more trade unions, uh, plumbing and things like that. My father, my uncles. Um, but uh, I always kind of picture myself having some kind of white collar type job. So I uh, ended up going to going to school and then working on a degree in political science, thinking I was going to go to law school. Um, but uh, what happened was I worked at a restaurant uh, when I was uh, in high school. And then um, my, uh, my stepfather, uh, who used to own a series of uh, beauty supply stores, uh, he wanted to open up another business. So I said, well, this it was pizza place I was working. I said, I, you know, we could do this. It's pretty easy to do. I was doing all the books, doing all the ordering, things like that. So, um, you know, he put up some capital. We opened up uh, a restaurant and one became two and, um, that paid for, paid for college and my first, uh, my first house. And, and then before long, it just 
got done with the, my degree and just realized there was no place to go to law school that was close by where I lived. And uh, so next thing I knew, I was I was in the restaurant business kind of full time. And and uh, but then I realized that uh, I didn't want to be in the restaurant business full time. It's, a hard, it's 20, a hard business, right? Oh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week working with, uh, you know, some not so motivated uh, teenagers and uh, what have you. Uh, most of your business is done on the weekends uh, at night. Um, you know, and every time you planned any kind of, you know, get away, get out of town, it just inevitably that's when all of a sudden you had issues with staffing and uh, things like that. Although, you know, I feel blessed that it, like I said, it paid for college and it, it helped me buy my first house. And uh, but it also led me to to understand that that I didn't really feel like that was what I wanted to keep doing uh, the rest of my life. And uh, so while I was doing that, I, um, I started dabbling in doing a little bit of insurance and investments uh, and things like that. I also was a, for a brief period of time, I did a little bit of uh, teaching um, just because I had time during the day and I had a lot of friends who said, you should go, you should go get an emergency credential. You have all of your degrees and you don't do anything all day because my restaurants were at night mainly. Right. I did that for uh I did that for about a year and I realized two things during that, that short uh, portion of my uh, teaching uh, life. And the first is I now know why some species eat their young. <laughs> and I, uh, I also know that I don't like kids that well. <laughs> no, I tease, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was challenging. And then I realized that the number one job in that, in that profession is to be a PE teacher. Um, mm -hmm. Those guys have the, they just have the life between the passing periods and the shower bells. They spend most of the time in the locker room doing nothing. And then they, they roll out, uh, you know, to the blacktop for about 20 minutes before the bell goes off again. And you roll back in and between the passing periods and the shower bells and everything else, you know, like you guys don't really do any work. So, yeah. uh, but I, uh, did the insurance, uh, uh, piece for a while. And while I was, um, while I was doing uh, doing that, it was more like I had a business, and you know, I was I was involved with organizations that was kind of like building your own uh, another business in the form of insurance. And I really wasn't at that time. I was like, I already have a full time like business. I was looking for something to plug into during the day when I wasn't wasn't busy. And then I ended up um, getting involved with um, a company called TD Waterhouse or Waterhouse Securities. Uh, years ago, they later became TD Ameritrade, which now has been purchased by Schwab. But yeah. um, I, I was right at the dawn of the uh, of the internet uh, trading uh, aspect. But I and I worked hours from six till two, which worked really good with my restaurants in the evening. Um, and so, you know, I kind of started not fully licensed, got licensed pretty quickly. The business was growing so so quickly that uh, pretty soon I had my license and then within a short period of time because they were so it was growing so fast I went and got a principal's license so I got a like a special accommodation even though I didn't have enough time in to get a to get a principal's license and we were a NYSE firm at the time so I was I was blessed that we just I jumped in right at the time and it was just crazy um, funny story I worked as a margin clerk 
uh, as part of one of the jobs I do, working with internet traders. And so if people are trading their own account, I'm simply just, you know, kind of facilitating. Right. I ended up having to sell out my, my uh, high school math teacher oh. because back then the technology wasn't that great. And sometimes you would feel like the order's not going through and people would just push the button over and over and over again. And right. they say, no, they ordered, you know, like hundreds and hundreds of shares of, let's say, Netscape at the time. <laughs> that company. And I had to call him and explain him, well, do you have the money to pay for it? He's like, I, I only ordered a hundred shares. Like, well, you, you know, our, our system shows you, you entered the order like 12 times. So um, I didn't, <laughs> didn't want to explain to him math, but he was my algebra teacher in high school. So, um, that was, uh, that was a fun call. That's, so, that uh, is, that's a funny story. Um, so, so then, uh, so then you started going down this path of financial uh, advising now about what time, like what's the, what's the year right now that you're making these sort of like parallel tracks that you're running on between restaurant business at night and, getting more into the financial services business. Yeah, so I uh, I sold the restaurant business. I sold, um, what happened was my, we had two restaurants. My, uh, my stepfather had one that he ran in a different city and then I had one uh, in a different city and he was at a point where he wanted to, to retire. So he decided to sell one. Well, when that one went up for sale, I had some I have a lot of friends in the business and someone said, well, I, I noticed you're selling that location. Are you interested in selling the other one? And at the time I had been promoted uh, multiple times in my career at uh, TD Waterhouse was, was, was really going well. And, and I just said, yeah, you know, make me an offer. I'm not tired of this business. Didn't really want to be it anymore. And, and so someone made an offer and, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to get more of a regular routine you know, nine to five, Monday through Friday type situation. So I decided to pursue that. And, um, and so, you know, I, I did. And then really the, the registered investment advisory business for me, um, we used to do a lot of, um, we were a custodian for a lot of RIAs. And over time, I had built a relationship with some of them because we did these referral networks. They're popular, Fidelity, Schwab, TD Ameritrade. Well, I ran um, a branch office where um, in Rancho Cucamonga, right down the street from, from here, that um, we were able to be the number one office in, in the country, um, you know, out of a hundred and some branches. And, and I just understood the power of that business um, in good markets and bad. And uh, during that period of time, I built up, um, you know, a very good sales team that consistently won the top awards and prizes. And then um, one day, one of the gentlemen that worked for me decided he wanted to go out and be an RA on his own. And um, so I hated to lose him. He was a absolute A player. You kind of know when you hire talent, you know, always yeah. try to hire the best people you can. And uh, so he left and decided he wanted to start his own RA firm. And uh, I stayed at, uh, at uh, then TD Ameritrade for uh, a while longer. I I uh, moved around to, to a couple of different offices and, and ran part of uh, some region, what they call region back then. And my region was was pretty good. I got to tell you, I go to these national conferences and people like would uh, 
they would wonder if I had naked pictures of senior management or something like that. Cause I had a territory that was Hawaii, Las Vegas, um, Palm Springs <laughs> and Rancho Cucamonga. And I would go to these national conferences and regional conferences and people walk up and be like, okay, I got four branches too. It's like Detroit, Peoria, and you know, <laughs> Cleveland, right? So uh, there would be a situation and be like, this is just not fair. And I'd be like, I, I said, I don't know what to tell you, man. You know, but uh, uh, so, but during that process, I I, um, I understood the power of, of the registered investment advisory business. Mm -hmm. It was very, it was a very big business for the, for the custodians. And, and I just got to watch a lot of them operate. And I watched people make um, make mistakes. I watched uh, people grow too fast and not kind of figure out how to get sales tied up with service and things like that. And and uh, so did the, my staff that, that worked with me. And one of them in particular, Gabriel Shaheen, who's the principal of uh, Falcon Wealth Planning, uh, he went out, worked for an RIA for a little while and decided he was just going to open his own RIA. And during that period of time, I transitioned to a, to a private bank and I was working for their wealth management group, helping them build out a branch network. Um, but I stayed in touch uh, with Gabriel. And, you know, during the course of that, he would call me and ask for my opinion, ask uh, for, um, you know, mentorship. And, uh, and this business is, is small and you end up keep running into the same people. And, and uh, over time, um, you know, he just kept growing and growing and he asked me to join his firm a couple of times. And to be honest, I, I, I love him to death, but he was too small and I'd watched too many, I'd watched the business too much and the market had been good with no bad periods. And that always concerns me is that, you know, what happens when things aren't going as well. And, and, uh, but every time uh, he'd come to ask if I would be interested in joining him, I would say no, I had kids in college at the time and things like that. So I was trying to make sure I had a pretty steady situation. And then every time though, he'd come back, he'd be twice the size as he was before, you know? And, uh, and so, you know, we, we talked and, and, you know, and, uh, you know, one day he, he, uh, he called me on a day where I was just not feeling it where I was at. Although I usually get on pretty well with everybody I work with and, and I'm pretty, Pollyannish at times. I just kind of caught me on a day where I wasn't, wasn't, yeah, it was a long drive. I think I had to drive to San Diego or something. The traffic was bad. He called me. He didn't even want to, he just wanted to know if I knew anybody because he was then looking for talent and I tried to keep a really good network. And so when he did, um, you know, it, it turned out that I said, well, I know somebody may want to work with you. And he goes, he goes, well, if you're telling me you may be interested now after turning me down like two or three times and I'm just hanging up the phone right now, we're going to lunch. And uh, so we went to lunch and we talked and, and um, you know, before I made a decision, I came and watched his operation. I watched how it operated. I watched uh, the, uh, what was happening as far as the growth. And I went and watched one of his um, seminar presentations that he would give. And I watched people gravitate towards what he was doing, which was um, uh, advice with a heavy focus on taxation. And... Um, you know, and I, and it just kind of dawned on me that, you know, that's, that was, you know, that, that what he had was a good engine that he had taken all of the smart things that we had seen people do right. And he had, he'd retained those and then he'd seen all the mistakes that, um, 
advisors that are still around to the day, very good advisors, um, uh, but just kind of was able to, to sharpen that, that or uh, lessen the curve, the learning curve. Yep. Um, and that, and that was, you know, that was, that was really the, you know, the, the, the turning point for me. And then we sat down and kind of talked about what it, what it would mean for me to make the change and, and uh, what he wanted from me um, as far as leadership within the firm. So I went from somebody who had been the manager, the mentor to somebody that came to work for one of the people that, that you know, that I managed and mentored. And, uh, you know, life kind of works that way and, you know, be, you know, you're blessed with the people you run into in life. And, and I feel that way. Great story, man. Great wow, story. Man. And the cool thing is, it's like, it just goes to show people like why it's so important to follow up and be <laughs> persistent. <laughs> yeah. Because if that guy wasn't persistent and following up, you wouldn't be sitting where you're sitting right now. Yeah. You, might, that- be, you might be, you might be having road rage driving to yeah. San, San Diego in 115 degree temperature right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, good, man. I'm glad you're where you're at, brother. So we're going to take a quick break. When we get back. We're going to get into more of the day-to-day activities that um, Kevin and his team are doing over at, uh, at Falcon Wealth uh, in California. We'll be right back. Estate planning. What does that even mean? When the inevitable happens for everyone on this planet, your estate plan kicks into action. But first, let's start with what an estate is. An estate is simply everything you own. Now, here's the issue and what needs to be understood when this event occurs. You only have two choices on this plan. Number one, either you plan how your estate gets handed out and distributed to those you leave behind. Or number two, your state decides who gets everything you own. For the first time ever, you can now take complete and total control of this plan that you've been deprived of for most of your life and generations before you. You can get personalized assistance along the way with a team of specialists whose job it is to make sure you have true peace of mind. It's important to understand that estate planning is a journey and rest assured that our team will be available to you all along the way and at every step. Welcome to eState Plan home of the last estate plan you'll ever need. To learn more, make sure to reach out to your local advisor licensed with us or go to our website for more information. What's up, Enrichers? Tim James here with my co-host Carter Wilcox. And today in the house, we've got Kevin Mayo. Kevin, um, that was a really good story about um, uh, your, what you did in the past and how you end up over at, uh, at Falcon Wealth. Um, now, Carter had a question for you. Why don't you just go ahead and ask the question, Carter, and lead it? Yeah. I know you wanted to finish up on that, but, you know, we ran out of time in the first Yeah, time. no, that, that's okay. I, I, I kind of want to talk about, you know, you've got your MBA, and you've made the, the decision, the leap, if you will, uh, to go from where you're at to now you're going to go work uh, full-time with Gabriel. Um, you, you, obviously, you had an appreciation for his growth, and, and you bought into, it sounds like, the vision, so to speak. So, you know, um, Having an MBA and and uh, being a CFP, how is having that and and now working with Gabriel? How has that been uh, now that you are fully immersed over there at uh, Falcon Wealth Management? Well, we're a, we're a planning we're a planning first firm. Um, you know what we do is we focus on uh, the planning aspect of the business first and foremost. Um, 
you know, so I, I have a, I have my CFP. I, I had actually encouraged people um, back in my days with uh, TD Ameritrade to go get CFPs because I saw that's where the business was going uh, a decade earlier. And I actually said, hey, if you guys go, I'll go. And so it was a team effort. I went and decided to take some courses, get a CFP. And, and I never finally sat for the exam, but I kind of passed all the coursework to be a CFP. And then later on, I um, wanted to work on an MBA because it was really more in line with the fact that I had been moved into like, you know, mid-level management, senior management. And uh, I ran into uh, an RIA, a a guy who works for a large RIA firm who teaches as a professor at California Lutheran University. And they had at the time one of the few master's programs where you could get an MBA and the CFP at the same time. So I applied, and because I had so much coursework already in, I was able to basically jumpstart my MBA, get my CFP and my MBA at the same time from California Lutheran University, which is a, a very good and recognized school in the space. Um, so you know that's important for us because the people who meet with our clients, um, the person in the room is always a CFP because we've got to be able to answer the important questions for them not just around investments, but around taxations, about re- around real estate, around um, various government programs, Medicare, Social Security, things like that, and and make sure business owners, you know, uh, be able to speak to them and add value to the conversation. Yeah, so that's actually a, a perfect segue into, um, you, you mentioned that you got a chance to watch Gabriel's um, seminar. I think you called it a seminar presentation, right? So, um, so what does the the clientele you know look like that you're that you're seeing? And and obviously, if there's growth and there's substantial growth, obviously you guys are doing something right. What is it that uh, that your current clientele likes working with? Not necessarily just. Uh, with Falcon, but also, you know, the, the role that you play whenever clients are coming on, uh, you know, working with Kevin Mayo too. Yeah. So, you know, the, the fact is, is that, that even business owners, a lot of times don't understand things around taxation. So that's kind of the, the thing that was a kind of a, of a, of a lead in, but the seminars and stuff that we would do a lot of times are just around retirement and retirement income planning. And how to get the most out of out of you know your your pensions, Social Security, um, how the tax rules, and how you're taxed on your accumulation phase in life, and then on the distribution phase in life. Um, now, you know my role is is I'm as the managing director is is kind of twofold. I sit in on some of the larger cases. Um, I just have a, a lot of background. I've been a business owner, um, you know, and relative to some of the other advisors, I'm, I'm a little bit longer in the tooth. Okay. Um, so my, my job is both coach train, uh, some of the other advisors come in on the larger cases, um, take, uh, over some of the larger cases as their direct point of contact going, going forward. So that's kind of my, uh, my role, if that answers your question. Yeah, no, it, it, it really does. And, um, I'm just wondering when you're, when you're, fill in the room, so to speak, right? Because a lot of the advisors that come on this podcast, you know, they're doing the same type of an, uh, you know, uh, educational event, you know, around some sort of topic. 
you know, whether it be, you know, taxation, retirement income, estate planning, social security, wh whatever, it runs the full gamut, right? But um, I'm just wondering, you know, are you, are you trying to identify like what your ideal candidates, you know, client to like, yeah. who do you want sitting in the room and who are typically coming on to become clients of yours? Yeah, that's a, and, and thanks for uh, recasting that question. So, you know, we're, we're in a really good space if we're dealing with people that are maybe 10, 10 years out of, from retirement, uh, all the way into folks that are retired. Um, if they're, um, near retirement and they're a business owner in particular because there's just so many more levers to pull when you're talking about taxation when people are own their own business um maybe they own commercial real estate along with uh you know the business they run um maybe they're operating out of their own commercial real estate there's a lot of additional levers to pull so that's kind of a really our sweet spot are um business owners uh, pre-retirees, um, where there's still some chance to do some changes before you get to the, the very final stages of retirement. I mean, we can help folks that are in retirement, uh, just as well, but there are some additional levers to pull. I always like to say, um, in order to really maximize, uh, how this all comes together. So, you know, 10 years out of retirement really puts us in a good sweet spot. Nice. So you're, um, so it sounds like it, it, the, the actual events then, are you able to identify those people with however way you pre-select? I mean, I'm sure you're not just throwing up against the wall and seeing if it's six and whoever shows up to these events, well, you somehow you're, you're, um, or does it just happen to be people come to an event based upon the topic and sometimes they're business yeah. owners and sometimes they're not. Yeah, it's it's the it, you know if we're doing the if we're doing certain seminars, there's going to be obviously a draw for some more than others. Um, so a lot of times it's just maximizing retirement income. Now that's something that that you'll get a lot of folks that are already really close to retirement or maybe just into retirement. Um, you know, if it's more um, trying to understand uh, changes to the tax laws things like that, then a lot of times that'll, that'll cast a net that's a little bit wider and people are a little bit more concerned with taxation. So a lot of times that'll be, you know, business owners. Um, you know, we do the seminars, but we also, Gabriel's running a radio program on a regular basis, where there'll be a lot of, you know, random calls that come in and things like that. And that'll cause us to go down a certain pathway uh, conversation. But, you know, I hope that answers your question as far as our, our target Client yeah, the, is, yeah is it does. Diary. Yeah, it, it does. So, um, so are you getting a lot of your um, new clients then uh, from more from the radio show, or is it uh, more from the seminars that you guys have then? Well, the seminars were a very good uh, lead item a couple of years ago. It kind of fell away somewhat because of just the pandemic and nobody coming right. in the room. We've tried to do it in a virtual format just not as impactful because, uh, you know, it's always better to be in the room, right? Yeah. It's always better to, to get the, 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 the reaction from the audience, that sort of thing. Um, and so, uh, but we, we also are, um, we have, we have a lot of marketing. In fact, that's probably one of the things I should have said early on. One of the things that we're most known for, and we were covered on uh, another very, well 
run podcasts in the space is we spend more marketing dollars than anybody does. I mean, any, it's not even close. I mean, it's not even close. Okay. But our growth rates, we, we can justify it with our growth rates as to why we do it. And in fact, in December, we were recognized as the second fastest growing uh, RA firm in California, obviously largest state. Um, and it really gets down to, we spend a lot more money on marketing, but it's not just the spend, it's knowing what to do with it and how to spend it and how to follow up uh, on the spend. So, um, and that's a core part of what we do is, is the marketing component. Well, so, so with the, and, and that's a, a great, you know, segue into, um, you brought up the pandemic. How has the, um, the, the outcast or the, uh, the outreach for clients that maybe are not in California, have you guys started, you know, since obviously my guess is you can probably do business with clients all over the United States, right? Mm-hmm. Have you, have you had a, a more California based clients or are you doing a lot of marketing things that can bring in assets under management from clientele all over the country? Yes, we're, we're, first of all, we're, we started as a California firm, we're state registered, now we're, we're nationally registered. Um, but we, we project into Oregon, um, Washington, and one of the reasons I was experiencing that monsoon is I have a number of clients in uh, Prescott, um, Payson, um, and in Scottsdale, uh, Phoenix, you know, area as well. So, you know, we, we do project out. Um, uh, and we've and we've recently kind of come into some some different marketing that we do that puts us to where we could pull clients from around the country. So, um, and then we have a number of clients that have started here and moved. Um, you know, I don't I don't make any bones about the fact that I'm a financial planner. And my, I'm not planning on retiring in the state of California. I think it immediately would impact my credibility <laughs> to remain here. In retirement, I uh, I joke about it all the time, but uh, but I I'll be joining you in your great state of Arizona at some point in time. I have some land out there that I'm looking to build a house on, and I always joke with people I wouldn't have. I gotta have an exit strategy for the state of California. Yeah, well, I don't I don't. By the way, I don't blame you on that. And um, so my my in laws actually live in Prescott, and you know I was just talking with my wife the other day. We're going up there for the Fourth of July. Uh, the city Rodeo. of well, so Phoenix, Scottsdale, Tempe, all of these, you know, cities for some reason, they have a supply chain issue for fireworks, but somehow Prescott having a fireworks show. So, um, you know, it's a, I think it's a, it's definitely a lot more conservative base there in Prescott. So uh, anyway, we're going up there and going to be enjoying 4th of July for the first time in a while because everybody's been having supply chain issues or whatever it is that they're, you know, not having it. Our, our club that we belong to and have for uh, six years now, it was like it was like the thing of the year. It brought all the families together, big, huge deal. We all sat outside. They had this huge fireworks show, and it was, you know, the kids loved it from the time they were really little. And uh, we it'll be, I think, the third year, maybe the fourth year in a row we haven't had it. So, anyway, we'll be up in uh, Prescott ourselves here for 4th of July. Good. Good. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a great area. I, I love that area up there. My in-laws obviously, uh, you know, live up there and uh, they live in Prescott Valley, actually. So it's a you know, we've, we've been going over there for quite some time. And then my son, like three days later, has a two day golf tournament 
at Antelope Hills there, uh, junior golf event that uh, my wife will be staying up there for a few extra days. I, I think uh, since we can work from home from anywhere, I may be trying to get out of the heat and enjoying a little bit of that higher elevation in Prescott. Maybe we'll get a, a little bit of a, a rain shower while we're up there too. Yeah, I uh, I plan on building a house up there. I um, so I I'll share something with you as I I'm not I'm pretty transparent. I'm I'm a widow. I'm a recent widow of about six, about eighteen months. Oh, um, okay. I bought a piece of property with my wife uh, just a few months before she passed. It was sudden. She had a stroke. I bought a piece of property right next to my in-laws, her parents, because the, the idea was that we would we would build next to them and and keep an eye on them. As they got older, they were like, great, you can watch our place when we go RVing all the time, right? So uh, I still plan on doing that, and uh, I'm very close to my in-laws. So uh, Prescott is probably where I, I see myself retiring at some point in time. Beautiful. Yeah, it, 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 there could be worse places, right? And then, um, and we didn't get a chance to talk in the first segment. Maybe this is a good one to, to end on as we as we get to the third segment here in, uh, in a moment. But uh, you've got some kids, obviously, right? <laughs> so... Um, Obviously, it's kind of hard not to be close with the in-laws now, especially. And then you got, you know, the 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 kids and everything. So how is um, how how are they dealing with the, all of that stuff? And and um, and I thought I saw some girls, right? Yeah. So so I'm blessed. I have uh, I have two uh, grown daughters. I'm very proud of one of them. When you said this could be repurposed and repackaged, she's already like going like this because she actually handles social media for the firm. Uh, she came on board about a year ago, and every time I turn around, they give her another another job, another thing they want her to do. She just uh, has an unlimited appetite to do stuff for us. So she does so many things for the firm already, and now she's handling our social media. Um, and, uh, you know, occasionally she's even my carpool buddy because, uh, she still lives at, at the house with me. She's my older daughter and, uh, she's my roommate now basically. And, um, and then my younger daughter, she's in a little different direction. Extremely proud of her. She was, uh, she graduated the 4.6, uh, in high school, gave the speech at graduation. Wow. So I had four seats for that. And then she went on to get a degree in mechanical engineering and uh yeah she's what you call wicked smart like 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 we watched that movie hidden figures and the chalkboard yeah. and the and the, the, the black gals that were helping yeah. with the space she's like looking watching and we're sitting on the couch she's like oh well that's the formula for you know velocity <laughs> or whatever and i just looked at my wife like where did she come from right so um yeah they're doing wonderful i'm so blessed wow that that's awesome um and uh so then if you're going to move with your roommate or are you going to have, I mean, is, is, has there been conversations about moving to Arizona then or? Uh, well, I mean, it's a, it, for me, it's a longer, it's a longer term thing. It's not like something I'm doing the next, uh, you know, oh, yeah, sure. to you. Um, yeah. but you know, whatever, I mean, uh, you know, I'll, I'll always need a place to stay in California cause I'll always have clients. I don't see myself retiring for many years, uh, I really love my job. I love to, to, you know, make sense of, of you know, what's going on with finance and taxation and stuff like that. And, and uh, so, you know, but eventually, you know, there'll be a place for them to come or they can, 
you know, it would be a place for me to come visit. I have a lot of family here, but more and more, we're all moving to Prescott. I tell you what, Prescott Valley, Chena Valley, all these people that are leaving Orange County, yeah. stuff like that. They're just selling very inflated uh, houses and and buying themselves uh, very nice spreads out in uh, in Arizona, as you're probably well aware. And oh yeah, with people who live in places like Prescott are cringing every day as we as we start to clutter their streets so. yeah there definitely there's no doubt about that well uh tim you know uh kevin's got a pretty cool vibe and um i know we're getting ready to come up on a, on on the next break and everything was there anything you wanted to to ask uh of him before we get moving to uh the third segment hmm yeah i was just wondering like um about your daughters and stuff like that um so you, you actually got one to work with you. That's really cool. And, um, you know, I, I, I just know when you lose a loved one and stuff like that, it really changes the family dynamic and stuff like that. And um, I just I, I, I can tell that really like, you know, that that obviously affected you, you know, at a, at a deep level and stuff like that. Um, and you seem like a pretty happy guy and um, you're doing your best to follow your excitement in life. So I just wanted to commend you for that. And I was just wondering, um, how'd your daughter get the job at the firm? Did she have a, did she have somebody she knew there or something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, actually, honestly, I got, I, I had her, I had her interview simply because she needed to get some experience interviewing. Uh, she did not work in high school. We kind of made sure the kids just focused on school. And then she got a job at a, at a JC Penney's. And she was working there, but she got her degree, and I'm like, okay, you can't keep working at J.C. Penney's. I didn't pay that kind of money to go to school, <laughs> and, yeah. you know. So I was just like, hey, let's get you a couple of interviews, and you know, and J.C. Penney's is going bankrupt. So I mean, um, and then I brought her in just to have her get a chance to get some interviews, and and they interviewed, and they're like, we love her. Why? Why do you? Why don't we just hire ourselves? We like needed people for this and that and the other thing, and I'm like, I'll make her an offer. I, you know. Um, and ever since then, they're like, yeah, you, you should have told her, told us you had her in the, in the wings before we could have used her. Yeah. How old is she? She's 26. 26 now. Okay, cool. That's awesome, dude. Proud Papa. Got a couple of good, good girls and, and I'm sure they'll appreciate the being, being close to grandma and grandpa. So that's cool. Yeah. But I'm I'm in in a good space. Uh, I'm in a good space. God is good. Um, there's a purpose for everything. So. Awesome. All right. Well, this is a good time. We'll take a quick break. When we get back, we'll flip the script and let Kevin ask me anything he wants on health. We'll be right back. You want the absolute best for yourself, and you want it to be easy. That's why we created Green 85. It helps with detoxifying the body gently. We're proud it's chemical-free, unlike almost all other supplements you'll find. Bottom line. Green 85 will get you healthier. We look forward to hearing what Green 85 did for you. To get this product and our other amazing products, go to chemicalfreebody.com. That's chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Enrichers? Tim James here. I'm back with my co-host, Carter Wilcoxon. Again, in the house today, we've got Kevin Mayo from Falcon Wealth Management out of California. 
So, Kevin, this is the part of the segment. You know, it's the Health and Wealth Podcast. We've talked about your backstory, kind of what you're doing in the business. Now you just get to ask me any questions you want about health for yourself, friend, family member, public health in general. Just any questions. There's nothing off the table. Well, I, I mean, as far as on a personal level, I, uh, I recently, about oh, eight months ago, was diagnosed as having diabetes. Um, and this was after Is it losing, type two? Yeah, uh, type two. Um, and this was after losing 30 pounds. Now that's, so well, I, it's actually good news that it's type two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but my question, um, you know, I've heard it's reversible. Um, and my goal would be to try to get off of medication, but I just any yeah. thoughts you had on Are you on are they are you on metformin? Yeah, exactly. It's pretty much standard issue. Yeah, well, um the good news is is that um I'll just tell you what I saw. Like when when I my little story of my buddy of mine got um cancer and chronic lymphocytic leukemia. Which by the way, I just found out that um limb uh lymphoma leukemia, there's uh uh Roundup claims there's a settlement program, cancer settlement program for Roundup, and I thought it was just the non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, but it's B cell cancer, T cell can cancer, follicular lymphoma, hairy cell cancer, mantle cell cancer, uh, Burkitt cancer, and CLL, which is what my friend had, and I thought that was interesting. So anyway, we went to this clinic, man, and they put us on this. They changed our diets and our life, and and really educated us on how the body worked. And help clean up the gut and the blood, the fat and the muscle tissue. And, and Dr. Clement told me that type 2 diabetes is not a disease. It is a lifestyle choice. So when you look at your body um, as your as a system, like your uh, mechanical engineer, your other daughter, um, she probably knows about input, output, transport, conversion, and storage. And that's the basis of, of, of a, uh, of a, a, it's called a, you know, a dumb system. And then there's an intelligent system, which we're supposed to be. Right, because we have a controller and we can we have a goal in mind, and your goal is to like be healthy and not have to take those pills and and worry about you know what actually what I just got off the phone with a guy. I got off the phone with a guy in his uh, late sixties, and he's got neuropathy in his feet and his legs, and it's slowly getting worse. It's been you know he just kind of ignored it, like a lot of us ego driven guys do. Oh, it's no big deal, and he's like, oh, I'll go away. Hope that it goes away. I did that for years with my. Uh, rectal bleeding actually for two and a half years because um, my digestive tract was a mess and um, and now it's spread up to his arm so type 2 diabetes is a lifestyle choice because we saw people at hippocrates on the program literally had been on drugs for up to 20 years you know they uh, they were like seven out of ten of them were completely off all medications in four weeks like four weeks Three out of ten still had to take a small dose of something because um, they just damaged their liver too much and they needed more time to heal. But um, so it's it's really a lifestyle choice. So typically, what's going on with that one? What I've learned, and again, I'm not a doctor, just what I've learned as um, somebody with common sense, is that the sugar that's you know you have high blood sugar, right? So what's happened is you really have most likely poor quality fats in your diet. What I mean by that is even if you do have good ones, you're probably cooking them. So if you have poor quality fats in your diet, see our cells have a fat membrane around them. Or lip, they call it a lipid membrane. Lipid and fat are the same word, basically. It's just a fancy term for fat. 
So the lipid or fat membrane around the cell is poor. And so the glucose, which is the sugar, can't get into the cell because of that. That's the main reason. So you don't really have a sugar issue. You have a fat issue. You can't get the glucose into the cell. And on top of that, you're probably not drinking. Are you, was that a pop you were drinking or water? No, it's water. Okay, so you're drinking water. So the, the quality of water that you put into your system is very important. It cannot be tap water. It cannot be bottled water out of plastic. And if the, if the water has been through the city, it has to be restructured so it's actually absorbable. Because we want to get your cells full of water so that they can absorb nutrients properly and the glucose. The other thing is because of our stressed out life and the cooked foods, the processed foods, the irradiated foods, the, you know, all the things they do our food today and the food chain's all messed up. Um, you know, we really need to restructure. Well, we, we, we have to restructure our water because what happens is, is nutrients aren't not getting into the cell. So if the, if you have city tap water, it goes through these high pressure pipes and it makes the water molecules kind of coagulate so they they're not easily able to go through the intestinal lining and then get into the into the into the blood cell so if you can hydrate your cells properly with really good water you can improve your lipid membrane that fat membrane around the cell and reduce the cellular inflammation and then start pumping in some really good nutrition into your body you'll start seeing some results lickety split and you're probably really good at measuring your blood sugars and all that. But, you know, with type 2 diabetes, like when people go to Hippocrates, they really need that the most dangerous disease to have because when they go on that lifestyle, they get well so fast that the, that, that the medication can then make them sick. So that's why they need to be under doctor's supervision. But my, my experience was is that people with type 2 diabetes are usually like blood sugar experts on their own. They just they're monitoring it every day, you know, twice a day, three times a day. So they're on it. So they can kind of on their own kind of figure out that they need to pare down the medications as they're improving. But I always say, you know, it should be under doctor supervision. Again, I'm not a doctor, but this is just what I've seen happen. I've seen people do this on their own where they, they pare down on their own and they're off of it. So, you know, those are, I mean, that's just some, there's, there's tons of hope here because you don't have to be, you know, have this disease hanging around your head the whole time and worrying about if you're going to go blind or get neuropathy and have to have a toe cut off and this weird stuff or just, just not feeling good. You know, you should be able to wake up and freaking feel good and amazing. And people just don't realize how good they can feel. I've been at this now. I think it's coming up on 12 years. And when I was 37, I was a mess. Like literally I was rotting from the inside out. Now I'm 49 and I'm going to go trail run tonight for seven miles like a jackrabbit. No problem. And I won't have any inflammation tomorrow on my knees like I used to. Um, so, you know, you can turn your body around. So you just need to be an intelligent system. You have a goal and you can change those inputs until you get the desired result. And what we do is we just kind of help people guide them along because we've, you know, coached so many people through the process. And we're all doing it ourselves over here, all of our coaches and stuff like that. So we're kind of like a health advisor right and just make it easy you're you're you got your sweet spot financial advising and we do our health advising and and um, we have conversations that help guide people and create value so that they can go take action and get those results they're looking for and if we share something with you and it doesn't work don't keep it go go to the next and you keep adding these things into your lifestyle until you create an environment both externally and internally of your body that creates ideal health and that's just as simple as that. Now, I um, had to 
and this is kind of surprising. I got on the metformin, and they immediately prescribed me um, generic for Crestor for cholesterol, and I don't really have any issues with cholesterol. But they said I had that kind of. They kind of want you to take both at the same time, and then you start questioning. Well, I don't really have an issue with it. Why do I need to take it? But you know. Well, maybe they have some rationale for it. I don't know in your in your your circumstances. But from you know what I've learned from like Dr. Shiva Ayaduri is one of the top immune system experts in the world. Is that like literally down to a nanoparticle because he is an engineer, right? So like a systems biologist. So. He just knows everything, like I said, down to the nanoparticle. So the bottom line is, is with pharmaceutical drugs, 10% of them, they work for people. But the other 90%, there's side effects and they don't work. That's the numbers. So for me, it's just like, mm, yeah, I wouldn't, you know, it's like I always say my analogy is like if you're buying a car or your wife wanted to buy a car and you go down to the, the dealership or your daughter in this case for you, uh, wanted a car and you help her, she gets the car, picks it out, and then she's driving out in front of you, and the car explodes. Nine times out of ten, either a wheel falls off, a door falls off, or you know, or the car explodes, would you go back to that dealership? Probably not. Or buy that type of car again, right? Probably wouldn't. Would you sue the manufacturer? Probably. If your daughter was dead, you would do it. You'd, you'd sue them. You're going to go after the, where the money is. But... With vaccine manufacturers, you can't sue them. They have laws passed. 1986, the Vaccine Act, thanks to the Kennedys, they've identified themselves from being uh, – so you can't sue them if anything happens to them. You have to go to vaccine court. A little money set aside every time somebody purchases for that, and then you basically go through the government. So it's like DMV get, getting compensation for that, and then you have basically a gag order. You can't say nothing afterwards. So imagine that your car explodes, your daughter dies, and you can't tell anybody anything if, if you did get some compensation. To me, that's a little fishy, right? So the whole thing just, and you know, it's not the doctor's fault and the nurse's fault. They're just in a, they're just in a bad system, man. They're just good people, probably just trying to do the best they can, and they're kind of handcuffed with standard of care. So my belief is we have a natural body from nature. Body's made of water. Where do you find that in nature? You're made of gut. You have bacteria in your gut. You find those in the soil, same bacteria. You're made of minerals, your bones and stuff. You get that in the soil. And when we die, we're supposed to, we just the cycle of life, man. We go back into it. So the mothership is Mother Earth, the air, the water, the food, and our sleep and all that stuff. And all we have to do is get this man made garbage out of our blood intercellularly and clean up our fat and our muscle tissue and clean up our digestive tract and just basically plug ourselves back into nature and let our natural body heal itself. That's what we've been promoting for years is like become your own doctor, learn how to self-heal. And the cool thing is, is when you do this, you get the satisfaction of knowing that you're in charge of your health and you don't have to worry anymore about it because you, 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 you have a lifestyle that supports ideal health. It's, it's just, it's awesome, dude. It's really awesome what's possible. I can tell like right now, I already know that you're a type of guy, you're going to take action on this. If you get some new knowledge, you're going to take action. You're going to get those results. I, I uh, definitely, I definitely am doing a lot of reading these days and a lot of uh, <laughs> trying to trying to educate myself and trying to change eating behaviors and um, you know doing not trail running, trail walking. Good. <laughs> walking is amazing for the body. You're moving your lymphatic system. 
It's good good for the cardiovascular. It's really good. That's great. Walking is the Seventh-day Adventist down in Loma Linda, California. They're, that's one of the blue zones where people have the most centurions. People live to 100. Yep. And number four, number four on the commonality was moving. They move their body daily. You know, we look at that. It's those four top. I mean, I've talked about this before, but the people that live the longest they had four, you know, Loma Linda, California, um, Sardinia, Costa Rica, Okinawa, Japan, all around the world. There's these zones where people live the longest. And the four commonalities were lifelong friends. We're so tribal. We have to have friends, good friends, people that we can know, like, and trust and love us. And friends are just the family you choose. Right. And it could be family members too. And then number two, they, we respect our elders. That was a common trait in those cultures. Number three was an 80% plant-based diet or greater. And then number four, um, uh, number four was uh, space. And it was the first thing I just told you. Um, Walking, moving. Yeah, movement, movement. They they walk. Like people in Loma Linda, they just they go hike and walk all the time. They get every day. They do it every day. I, right? so, I, I hike in the hills of, of Loma Linda. Like, yeah, that's awesome. And various areas right around that. Segment. Yeah. And for you down there, you're you're gonna need a good air purification system too in the house because when the fires hit, I mean, it's just like that's not that's not good for you. So yeah, there's a lot of things we can do, man. I can we can you know, Carter will hook you up afterwards if you want, and we can uh, kind of dial you and get you on a, a path if you want, and get your air cleaned up, your water cleaned up, just create a great a great environment for your body to thrive, basically, and then let your body do the rest. Sounds uh, sounds like a good plan. Okay, cool, awesome. Any more questions, man? How much movement per day? Is there a, you know, is there a certain that, you know, it's getting a little different for everybody, but what's a, what's a, what's a threshold? Yeah. You know, I, this is a, everybody, it's different for everybody. It really is. What I would recommend is that, that you move your body daily. That's the most important thing. The habit is more important than the amount, mm-hmm. right? And when you do that, just like, sound so, like you a lot, sound like a planner now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I tell that to young people all the time. Listen, I don't care how much you put aside. Just get, build a habit. I don't care how much your kids put aside. Just have them build the habit. Then it's easy mm-hmm. to go from a smaller amount to a larger amount. Yeah. And you, you just naturally do that. It's just like I started playing guitar. I made a commitment 10 minutes a day. And now I'm like, I, I'm going to go play two hours. It's a lesson night and you know, I become friends with my instructor. So said, get an hour. We'll play for two, three hours. You know, we'll do instruction. Then we just jam and hang out. It's a good time. And, and my learning curve is just like, whoop, same thing's going to happen with your money whoop, and your health. Whoop, it's going to go up when you make consistent. It's a lifestyle. It's like, I always say like a white tailed deer in nature. I mean, you know, minus the glyphosate that's flying around in the rainwater and all the garbage that he's got to breathe in. But in a deer, they have a habit. They have habits. They have patterns. They walk down to this certain creek and drink water at pretty much a certain time, and they go over here to this field and eat that, and eat this over here, and they bed down under this tree, and you know they mate in the fall and spring. They got babies, and it's a system, and it's a it's a pattern. And the reason why you have type two diabetes is your pattern is just off a little bit. You're off course, so we just slowly start changing that pattern, and your body will bring itself back into balance. Like I said, it's really just that simple. It's not it's not rocket science. It's pretty easy. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. I'll have to connect with Carter and get a little more information on it. Awesome, brother. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, appreciate sure. you coming on, man. You had a great guest and uh, great stories. And um, uh, anybody in your area that's working with your firm, I know, is going to be very blessed to have you guys um, helping them manage their money and their tax burden and minimizing that and stuff. And and I know that they're going to really enjoy the social media over there, too. 
<laughs> yeah. I, uh, <laughs> so we got somebody good on the on the job. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm objective. I'm as objective as can be. <laughs> You're the most objective person uh, in your in your organization. I'm I'm sure of it. So, um, well, hey, Kevin, we want to just thank you for coming on and and being a guest on the Health and Wealth Podcast. Uh, and Richards, we want to thank you for joining us for another episode of the Health and Wealth Podcast, and to be able to see other phenomenal guests like Kevin Mayo of Falcon Wealth Management. You can go to our website at www the health and wealth podcast show.com make sure to like share and subscribe wherever you get your podcast spotify apple or google uh so for my fantastic co-host mr chemical free body himself tim james i'm carter wilcox and ceo and co-founder of epic services company and csi financial group uh thanking you all for another uh, coming on and listening to our fantastic guest that we had today kevin Thank you so much for uh, for coming on and, and and gracing us with your presence and your backstory is super cool. We're going to make sure in all of our show notes that they'll be able to have access to the about you page on your website. And uh, also they can be able to get all of their additional information about Falcon uh, whenever we uh, send them there to that. So, Kevin, uh, do you have any other uh, questions or anything that you want to share with our enrichers before we get going? No, just um, God is good. God is good always. Yeah. Amen. And uh, make sure the next time you're in Phoenix, look me up and uh, let's have a little coffee, have you over to the office or whatever. I, I'll get a chance. He's to... going to get you out to the golf course. I already know what's going to happen. I, I, I didn't, I didn't share. I did win. I did win a car. What? You want a car? One. I had a hole in one and I won a car. So. Well, Hello. Be, we need to get a chance. Be, what about the taxes? What about the taxes? Listen, I never got a 1099. No I way. I never got a 1099. I, 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 real quick story. I played in a tournament with Carl Karcher Jr. Jr., like the son, <laughs> the son of Carl. And I played with a foursome with a, with somebody from work. And I played with um, this guy who ran uh, one of the fleet managers. And uh, in one tournament, I played. We went to the hole-in-one car, and I and we and he he said if someone I drove the car here, and I said what happens if someone wins? He goes, he goes. Well, I guess I'd have to ask him for a ride home. Well, not in that tournament, but uh, a year or so later, I hit a hole-in-one in there, and one of his cars. So as soon as I hit, it, I was like, "Where's Chuck? I want to offer him a, a ride home." But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, this uh, that's cool. You know. So that's fun I, stuff in life right there. It's all downhill though. After that Carter, it's like, what more can I do? I hit a hole in one. I want a car. I mean, I'm not going to be joining the tour anytime soon. So it's kind of all downhill from there. It's like, what more can I do that will top that? Well, now we just I go can. out, we dine out on it for as long as we can. Right. Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we'll have to definitely play some golf when you come into town, make sure you, uh, you look me up, come over to the office, get a chance to press the flesh and, um, and we'll, and I'll take you out to my club. It'll it'll be uh, it'll be a lot of fun. I'll I'll enjoy that. So bring your clubs when you're in town next time. We'll do. We'll do. Awesome, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Hey, and Richards. Until next time, uh, we will see you on the Health and Wealth Podcast. Thank you, everybody. Hey, and Richards. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Health and Wealth Podcast. I'm your host Carter Wilcoxon, and I'm your host Tim James. And by God. We are committed to helping you guys have fat wallets, flat bellies. So tune in again for another episode and make sure to like, share, and drink a lot of water.
or fear. You have just listened to the Health and Wealth Podcast with Carter and Tim.